Well, welcome back to the next week's edition, season three episode. I think we're on 13. 16. 16. I'm so close. There's going to be an episode where I actually get the right number. But now at this point, I feel like I need to guess incorrectly to keep suit with how it's been going. For sure. I agree. Season three, episode 16. Uh, Keith, is it McKeever? Yes, it is. Keith McKeever. Awesome. Um, Joining us from the bright state of Illinois. I'm guessing your weather is about the same as ours. Uh, probably. It's uh, I can, I got a little window in my home office that I can see out of. I I, I call this my dungeon because I'm in the basement. Yeah. yeah. My wife runs a home base business upstairs, so she gets the nice room with all the the light. I get this like you know typical basement window. <laughs> I can tell the sun is out. I can see a little bit on the window well, uh, but yeah. that's about it. It's deceiving. The sun yes. is out, but it's a bombing 35 degrees. But you know what? This time of year, I will take the sun being out. I don't care how cold it is as long as the sun is out and instead of these overcast rainy days like we've had the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It seems like every other day. Which was a transition from our snow in April, <laughs> which was great. You know, Midwest living, right? It's great. And it, it comes with its ups and downs. Like the season changing keeps a lot of like the bugs and critters that in all these sunny south areas you have to worry about like you don't have to worry about poisonous spiders really that is true i'm actually impressed with how green our grass is right now until they come and rip up your front yard for the lateral yeah yeah that too but it's okay because there's a belly in our lateral so it won't we won't have a belly anymore and i'm really excited for that oh that's good that's good that's good it's nice uh, when the grass is nice and green in the spring. I, I noticed that the other day driving around and I was like, wow, it was winter that long. That just green grass just seems like this amazing sight. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually gotten pictures from my buddy in California. Uh, he'll take a picture of like a, a hillside and it's all brown, just oh, dead oh. grass. And then after one rainfall, everything is green for like... <laughs> Four days and then it's right back to brown oh yikes it's crazy that would suck yeah <clears throat> that is not pleasant so i guess for that i'll take a little bit of snow and it's really not the snow that bothers me it's it's when it's melting and it's cold and it's like sleeting and everything's gray that's the part that i could do away with but the snow is fine you know what i hate the worst about living in the midwest is the temperature changes during the day where you walk outside and it's cold, so you're wearing a jacket, but then you get in your car and it's been sitting in the sun, and all of a sudden it's 15 degrees warmer. Yeah, you get in there and you're like, Okay, now I'm hot, now I gotta take this off. And then you start getting cold, and it's just like you're just hot and cold all day. And it yes. sounds like there's like a three week period of the year. Yep, <laughs> you're constantly high temperatures. Yeah, it's yep. weird. And the, on the bigger scale, like you have a day that's 70, then the next day is 40. Exactly. Yeah, you can't, can't really put away your winter clothes until. At least May? early part of May. Yeah. yeah. No, you know. even my winter jacket, I need to take it to be dry clean. And I'm like, I'm not doing it until I'm not wearing it anymore. <laughs> yep. That's true. Put it, put it in your calendar. June yeah. or July 1st. You know? <laughs> exactly. So correct. <laughs> well, it is so good to have another Midwesterner on yes. the show. We've had, we've had East Coast. We've had West Coast. We've had our neighbors to the North. Yes. Lots so being able to get somebody back from the Midwest for our audience to see what's kind of going on, maybe not in Wisconsin, but in that Midwest region is big. Um, and I always start the show. Oh yeah, that is two in a row. Yeah. Big time here. 
getting into what you do, Keith, uh, just for our audience, can you give us a rundown of kind of your background? Where did you come from? What do you do currently? How did you get into that role? Wherever you want to take it, just kind of give us a brief background of, of what you do in your business. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. For me, when it comes to real estate, it, it honestly goes back to when I was very, very young. Um, my father got his real estate license in 1988, and my mother got her license a few months later to kind of help him out. He was a coal miner full-time, doing real estate part-time, and uh, she fell in love with the business. And so she took off from there. My dad didn't sell until uh, the coal mine he worked at closed in 1996. So he sold for about five, six years until he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, but they also, they built their dream home in the uh, around 1990, 1991, built a log cabin out in the woods. So what? my parents, my parents had rentals, they had flips, they built log, well, they sold the packages and kind of managed the work. There was other, you know, contract companies that actually built them. But uh, between that and residential real estate, like they had their hands in everything as a kid. So dinner conversations That's were awesome. literally around real estate. <laughs> That's um, awesome. You know, terms like earnest money were something that I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I definitely heard it talked about, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, contracts and forms. And, you know, my parents had an office on the main floor and they had their two desks in there and they would be plugging away. Or my dad, he was a, he was a, a finger typer, you know, one finger type. The hunting pack. <laughs> the hunting I love pack. That yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so he, he would have been totally lost today with technology. That's for I'm sure. But, um, There's voice you know, now. Yeah, exactly. Hey, he'd probably been all right. He would have been one of those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, you know, that that's what mom did. And then when I graduated high school, I, I went to college for a couple of years, got an associates, uh, and then kind of got bored and joined the Air Force. Um, it was Air Force Security Forces. Did that for five and a half years, traveled around the world, did a couple of deployments, came back. Uh, sold furniture for a year and then mom you know had some things going on in my in my family had you know my youngest was born at the time and and she's like you know hey why don't you get into real estate and do something different you know because I hated I love sales I, I, I loved working at the furniture store for some reasons but I did not like working 70 hours a week on my feet we had to unload the trucks yeah. sweep mop dust clean the bathrooms like we did everything. There was no outside cleaning crews. There was one warehouse guy. If he wasn't there, we un we loaded the furniture in people's vehicles. We were busy all the time. And I was like, hey, you know, I love dealing with the people, you know, but I just I, I don't want to work these kind of crazy hours. It was too much time away. And so she's like, yeah, get in real estate. And so I said, you know what? I'll take a leap of faith and do it. Even though as a kid, I denied the fact that I was ever going to do it. There was no way I was ever going to get in this business. Right. <laughs> I probably said it 50 different ways as a kid. <laughs> Your parents were just slowly pruning you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the family business. I, you know, it, it comes to calling, but so I got into business uh, nine years ago and uh, yeah, it's just been a, a crazy, crazy ride since then. And uh, you know, got involved with committees and sit on the board of directors of our local association and serve at the state level and a couple of different committees and, you know, I find a lot of value in that and a lot of value in serving our clients. And, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting and fun industry where you can just kind of go whatever direction you want. There's so many yeah. different ways. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all for sure. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's two things in that, that I really, really liked. One was kind of a, a carryover from our last podcast. He talks about, he had two aunts 
And one aunt was wealthy, one aunt was not wealthy. Oh. And the big difference was what they talked about at the dinner table. One talked about finances, one talked about like the local newspaper, what was the tabloid for the day. And it's showing with the past and the courses of, of their each individual respective families and where they take it. Mm -hmm. So to that point, you guys being around real estate, talking about the terms and processes and all that stuff from an early age, I'm sure sitting back there waiting for you to, to flex the muscle of real estate once you got older. It definitely made it easier, especially um, up to a few months ago, because mom's career is going a different direction than mine is. She's, she's not ready for retirement, but she's got a few years till retirement. So we switched companies a couple months ago and uh, went off solo, but for almost nine years, we were, we were partners and it was the best person in the, in the world I could have learned from. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of those things that as you learn about them, not necessarily in real estate school, because I don't know how it is in Wisconsin, but in Illinois, everything you learn in those, I went for two weeks straight to get my license. Uh, I don't think there was anything I learned in there that was really valuable to the day to day, -to -day life right. of, a, of an yeah. agent. Um, and most of the stuff you just got to learn get it out on the test, pass, and then you can kind of forget about it. But yep. there was all those learn things. The field. Yeah. Then you learn the field as you're learning the field. It was like, Oh, okay. All right. Like I get that. And then looking at houses differently because my parents had rentals, they had flips as a kid. I mean, they never let me do the fun stuff. They never got me play, never let me play with electrical. Um, I was always or, the hold. The, I was always the hold the flashlight kid. Oh, yeah. Or, or you know what? This wall is safe. There's no electrical or plumbing in here. You can swing the sledgehammer at this exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Uh, or, or you know, here's the dustpan and the bag. Start, you know, yep. as much as you can in there and get it out to the dumpster. Yeah. You know, yep. or, or clean it out after after tenants get evicted and go in there and clean up their stuff. Uh, side note on that, I actually uh, ended up with my Sega Genesis as a kid uh, from from a rental. Really? I, I, I could never believe somebody left that, and they're like. Yeah, like you know, these people have been gone for like weeks. Like, sure, take it. Awesome. awesome. Score. <laughs> win. Score. Yeah. So yeah, there was even a couple of games with it. So it was it was a win-win. Absolutely. So I'm making helped. a mental note because my son comes to work with me a couple times, uh, especially during the summer. Um, don't give him the boring jobs. Is the <laughs> takeaway for that one? You know what? So you got to you got to earn your your dues though too. You know. That's true. Yeah, you he's made some, some pretty cool stuff. Like he's fully decked out with his own tool belt. Um, he just got a hammer with the nail set, which he thinks is the coolest thing in the world. Awesome. Uh, where you can just put your nail on top and then start it and then sink it. Oh. Um, he's made squirrel boxes. He's made just with all scrap lumber. He comes over, he's like, dad, can I have this? And I'm like, if it's under this size, just take it. It's yours, go build whatever you want. So he'll just go out in the backyard and start building whatever creation he wants. And I'm like, okay, he's interested. He's using the tools. I've seen him pull the tape measure out a couple of times. I don't really know if he like completely knows how to use it, but it. it's in his tool belt. He feels like he needs to use it. That's so cute. You know what though? At least, at least he's using it and he's exploring his creative side. Yeah. Right. I'm sure he'll learn a ton just figuring stuff out, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to lead him to, but. He's going to be the uh, next big YouTuber. He's going to like explode in like 10 years. Oh, he's already hooked on YouTube. I know. It's okay. hard to pull him away from it. They all are. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I just downloaded a new game for us to play on PS4. 
And before I could explain what the game is, he knew what it was. Of course. Like, it's like this game and you're in a car and it's kind of like soccer. And he's like, oh, Rocket League. I've already played it. Okay. And his favorite YouTuber plays it. So I'm always behind the times. I'm boring dad behind the times. Boring mom right here. Yeah. I that is it. a tough transition as a parent. I've got, I've got two boys and uh, yeah. You know, once you wake up real one day and realize that you're not, uh, you're not cool anymore. Like you're yeah. out of touch. How old are your yeah. kids? How old are uh, they? Nine and 11. Okay. I just have a 10 year. He just turned 10 literally five days ago. So. Yeah. It's an, yeah. It's an interesting age. They, <laughs> we are the three boring parents right here. Talking yeah. real estate. Talking real estate. Love it. Uh, the other cool thing that you said, Keith, from your story is you enjoyed working at the furniture store. You didn't like the hours. Obviously there's going to be stress in whatever job you have. There's stress involved, but you liked working at that W-2, that, that employer that you had, but, but it was it was not like you're, all right, I hate this so much. I find no enjoyment. I'm just going to go find something else to do. Because in my mind, that, that mentality usually carries over. Until you can enjoy what you're doing, even slightly, um, I always find it's better to enjoy what you're doing and go to something that you might enjoy better rather than just leaving because you hate where you're at. So I feel like that just transfers. So it was a really cool mindset to say like, I liked where I was at, but I was really intrigued with what could be like, that's a super cool thought to have. So yeah, it was a pretty cool company to work for. And, you know, I think that thing that helped me is because that was my first job after the military. And so we had two managers and another sales guy and me, and, and then we had the warehouse guy. So it was such a small group of people that really helped my transition out of the military just spending so many hours with those. And, you know, they, most of those guys ended up becoming like big brothers to me. You know, they were all, most of them were a little bit older than me, but we just spent so much, so much time together, you know, just having fun moving. I mean, it was physically demanding to build furniture and move it around and load it up. And, but yeah, you spend so much time with somebody, you get to know them so well. and, And that was really what it was. And then people's families would come in and, you know, sometimes Sundays we would, somebody bring in a crock pot of soup or something like that. And, you know, yep. instead of eating out all the time, cause we, we did a lot of that too, but yeah. just all that time together, you know, some of it, some of the jobs sucked just, just like anything else, you know, sometimes real estate sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it gets super hard to stay positive. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, if you're, if you're in, in, in places that are just run down and disgusting or, you know, you got to go out and, knee deep snow for four days in a row and drive around in it just it kind of wears on you but yeah you know and with that even in those those tough days because real estate is so isolated like when you had those rough days when you're working at the furniture shop you had a crew to kind of bring you up and level you out and some good things happened and you could enjoy people and socializing in real estate sometimes like depending on what position you're in you may not talk to anybody your whole day because you're just in your office doing your things. And if you're having a bad day, there's no one else to bring you up. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, no two days are alike either. So yep. if you have one of those bad days where, you know, you're just running for 12 hours in a row, showing one house to another or bad weather or something bad happens, you know what, tomorrow's a whole new day. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's a whole, whole new opportunity, a whole new set of problems to fix. So, you know, that, that helps kind of compartmentalize it. Maybe just, yeah. you know, it's in the past. It's, it, it is what it is. You learn from it and you move on. Yeah. 
and you understand that in real estate, you're playing the long game. So these little bumps are little bumps. Let's keep them as little bumps. Yep. Right. Yeah. Bump. I mean, if a, if a transaction even closes, you know, if a transaction closes and it was rough for whatever reason, could, we know it could be any reason, mm-hmm. you know, you're done. You're, you're, you're working on the other transactions. You're meeting new people. It's new, new opportunities. But, yep. uh, you know, that's, that's the great part too. For the most part, it's, it's new people. You're always yeah. kind of meeting new people. Mm-hmm. working with new people so yeah so are you a you're a real estate agent i take it and then i'm assuming you took over the family business in flips and rentals i have not dove into that yet okay I, I i've been on the fence on the the rental thing because i know myself i'm too nice of a guy to knock on the door and say hey you're two months late <laughs> where's my money i got you know, I, somebody could give me a sob story and i'd be like oh okay all right i'll give you another month right that's just not my personality yeah. Um, so I was kind of against it for a while, starting to look into it now, you know, now that I'm like, you know what, I can't do it. I'll just have to hire a property manager That's to take exactly care of that. I was just going to say yeah. yes. Yeah. I hire love yourself a property, property manager. Hire yeah, yourself took, a bulldog so you don't have to be. Exactly. Because I just know I'm like, you know what, it's just not in my personality to do that. You know, I, I, I'd like to, but. Yeah. I don't want to get lot taken of it, advantage of. A lot of it. Um either for you or for people that want to get into real estate or have a rental and don't have that, that bone in them. I don't feel like I have that either. Um, so when I move my tenants in, I talk to them about it. Real estate is a very dynamic industry. We're dealing with people. So I'll always be dealing with you. You'll always be dealing with me. I'm not going to disrespect you. I hope you don't disrespect me. But at the end of the day, what, what we're doing is a, it's a business. So you are required to pay a rent. I am required to take that rent. Like that's just how this is going to work. And hopefully we don't run into problems. That's a transaction, not unlike going to the grocery store and I'm buying the groceries and I'm giving you the money. Like, yeah. Yep. And if I, I found if I do that ahead of time, it does ease the tension of if that does happen. Because obviously if you've owned a rental property, I'm guessing majority of the time through COVID it's happened where there's been a missed rent payment. So I know a lot of landlords who've, who had some serious issues with that. And I think another thing that comes to landlords too is personality mm-hmm. and not just the whole, you know, like, like myself knowing that I'd, I'd have to have that bulldog, like you said, right. But just some people just take that to an extreme yeah, like personality traits, they should not be dealing with people in any way, shape or form. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's good. Great on them for, for investing in real estate, but they probably shouldn't be the face of things. Yeah. You know, some You're more than numbers their, guy. Yeah. People just, some people just open up their mouths and just open mouth and start foot, you know, <laughs> verbal vomit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, you're not helping your situation any. Right. You know, they yeah. just want to yell and scream and be mad at the tenant instead of like, solving the problem what's the problem here you know like okay you're out of a job like okay well i mean i can't can't help with that but you still owe me like what are we going to do about this you know yep Mm -hmm. yeah in a lot of it i didn't have the benefit like like you did with your parents being involved in real estate and bringing you into the the culture of it i picked it up from youtube and spotify like podcasts and videos and listen to people who've been doing it for decades and how they handle certain like situations. And I'm like, all right, I remember this podcast once or this video once that talked about this. I'm pretty much going to take what they did 
and try to make it my own, but follow that pretty closely. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it it gets me through the situation because some of these situations they're going through for the first time and I'm going through for the first time. So how can we come to a resolution? It's not that hard. We're both adults. We're both reasonable. We both want to be respectful. How do we figure out a solution to this rather than me coming and saying, this is how it's going to work and you're going to do it this way. And I don't care if you're upset. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was alluding to was, you know, when, when you've got reasonable people mm-hmm. communicating, you can, you can fix almost anything. You know, mm-hmm. but you get those, you get those people who just are unreasonable for one way, shape, or you're never going to get anything accomplished. I don't care yeah. what I'm, and it's on, it could be the owner, the property manager, could be the tenant. As soon as somebody goes unreasonable, <laughs> yeah, all the rule goes out the window. Yeah. So, and communication's big. It's, and it's very delicate because I always tell them, like, you're never going to bother me. You'll never bother me with a text or a phone call. You'll never bother me. Even if it's something that breaks that you didn't do anything, you'll never bother me. But let me know as soon as you know, because then I can start planning. Um, And on some of them, like you'll hit it off with a tenant or um, a a couple people that move in. And now it's like, okay, I'm the landlord, you're the tenant, but like we align and we could be friends, but where does that friend line end and start in is that going to muddy the waters? It's it's a very unique kind of uh, a place to be in with somebody because you never want your friend to come to your door and say like, "Hey, you owe me money." Yeah, yeah that would make it kind of awkward. <laughs> that that uh, would put a strain at least on on the friendship. A little bit, <laughs> slightly. Little bit. Yeah, and like some of my tenants, I'll meet when I'm out around town, and they're out around town, and. I mean, you're pleasant, but for me, I always try to keep my distance just because I don't want that in the middle of it. Um, yeah, just keep it professional. Just, yeah. You know, hey, we can we can be, you know, good acquaintances. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's like a limit. A limit when you, know? you move out and I help find you a house, then we can become friends. When right. there's no other strings attached. Absolutely. Friends. When you move into that, that new front door and it is yours, and yep. you no longer owe me money. You own it, owe it to the bank. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, and that's why I try to keep it. Hasn't failed me yet, so we'll keep going with that. Um, so tell me about your agency. How has that been going? Obviously, in the Illinois market. Where in Illinois are you? North. South? I am in the uh, Peoria, Illinois area. So okay. we're about halfway between Chicago and St. Louis. Awesome. Yep. Uh, is it your own brokerage or are you working for a broker? No, I, uh, I am with Fathom Realty, okay. which is a, a national um, independent brokerage. It's kind of a digital, no physical office locations, which is perfect for me because I've always worked out of my home office. Um, even at the place I was at for nine years, I, I would only walk through the doors if I had to drop off papers or pick something up. And actually, the, the staff at the brokerage I came from would actually email me, hey, you got a letter? <laughs> Do you open it up and send it to you? <laughs> so they would do that, open up, scan it. Oh, now nah, this isn't important. It's junk. I could throw it away. Or if it was important, they'd scan it and send it to me. You know, And it was only 15 minutes away. It's not like I was like an hour and a half away from the office. I, like I, just, I just never went in there. We had a, yeah. a room in there. We had no computer. We just had a table, some paper and pens. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, just, all the necessities. We, yeah, the basic necessities. Like it was a place where we could meet people and get some copies made. 
you know, really that's all it was for the last five, six years. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then we made this decision. It was like, look, I, I want to go off on my own. I want to grow my business and do my thing. And had that conversation with mama said, look, you know, you're, you know, seven to 10 years away from retirement. Why are we still a partnership? Like, you know, why, why don't we go off a solo agents in a new company, fresh start? We can still be there to help each other, but we don't have to, you know, advertise together. You can go do what you want to do. I want to do what I want to do. And for me, it was kind of liberating, like finally get to build my own brand, do my own thing, my own way of doing things, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, um, it's, it's a little bit of a strain sometimes working with your parent. <laughs> I <get that>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I can do that. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it changes relationships, uh, from, from mom and I got to this point, like, you know, you know, as we're recording this, right. You know, Easter's this coming weekend and, you know, holidays and stuff. Anytime we get together when we were partners, it would be like, Hey, what's going on with uh, so-and-so, you know, what happened to that deal? Or, Hey, what do you think about this weird situation that's going on? What's your interpretation? You know, inevitably, every time we would get together, something real estate would come up every time. Sure. And, you know, it's fine because mom and I've got a great relationship, always have, and we still do, but it, it changed that relationship a little bit. It wasn't strictly mother, son. You know, one of the things I wanted was not only for myself, I was like, you know what? I want her to go off and do her own thing so she can ride off in the sunset whenever she decides to hang, you know, hang up her hat, Yeah. you know, because she needs to enjoy retirement whenever she gets to that point. Sure. Like as stress-free as possible. So we are both extremely happy to be where we're at now and doing our own things. That's I, awesome. even got, I even got her doing her own website edits, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Heck savvy. Yeah. 20 or 30 minutes of showing her and uh, some, some tips and tricks. And she's, she's getting to be the master at Squarespace now. So good for her. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. That's awesome. Super cool that you guys were able to work together one and then separate and kind of go your own paths. Did you find that there was something that wasn't being fulfilled when you were in the partnership that you wanted to explore? Was it like a, um, an asset class that you wanted to go after? Was it a client that you wanted to go after? Was it an area? Like what was the different aspect that you were seeking out going independent? Yeah. So when I got into business, I'd say the first like two or three years, it, I was learning from her. Every question I had was to her, you know, she's been doing this for 30, 34 years now, something like that. So she had been in the business 25 or so when I, when I got in it. So then it reached a point where I had the confidence. I knew what I was doing. I had served on some different committees and felt comfortable finally, like it, you know, hit the ground running, like really knew a lot of the different aspects of real estate. Then after serving on different committees and the board of directors and other things, like something happened one, one night where all of a sudden it went from me asking her questions for two or three years to a couple of years where we would just have casual conversations about to the point where she'd be like, so what is, uh, what's the stance on this? What is our association stand? What is our association doing with this and that? Cause I've been on the board of directors for six years. I've, yeah. I've served on pretty much every committee. Um, you know, it's, so I've seen multiple aspects of the association. Yeah, <laughs> And then the managing brokers slash owner of the, of the company I was at, she was starting to do that. And I was like, wait a minute, this is weird. I've only been doing this, 
you know, at that time, like six, seven years. And I'm like, why am I all of a sudden being the, the vault keeper to the information? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I kind of just grew to this point. I'm like, you know, at that point I was kind of getting frustrated. It was great working with mom. We still bounce stuff off of each other. Um, but I just kind of wanted to go do my own thing as a veteran. Yeah. I wanted to niche into the veteran thing. We were a partnership. We would advertise together, but I was running all the social media. I was doing all of that. And I'm like, look, if I'm building the brand for both of us, I don't know, just like this mental, mental block in there somewhere of like, if I'm going to be building a brand, I want to build yeah. my brand the way I yeah. want to do it. Not us, you know, and then she, cause she, all her, all her work is past clients and referrals. Like she doesn't need to advertise. She doesn't go after new leads. Like that's, that's nice. But, but I do, you know, yeah. I don't have that. I've been doing this nine years. The average is what, like every seven to 10 years, somebody will sell their house. Well, I'm just now at that, at that point where some of my past clients are, are starting to sell their house and move up again. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I, it just takes some time to get to that past clients to come back to you in this, in this business. So, you know, it's, that was kind of one of the driving factors. I'm like, you don't need to advertise. You don't need to grow. You don't need to niche into anything. You have your, your people. Yeah. <laughs> All you got to do is stay in front of them. I have to go attract new clients. I have to do some lead gen and some stuff like that to grow. So I was like, if we're together and we're advertising, but we're not doing exactly what we need for each one of our businesses, then what's the point of being together? Yeah. We should be able to put hundred percent of our focus into what we each need individually do. So yeah. That was kind of the driving fact, you know, the factor behind it. It was like, you know, it's, it's time. Yeah. So if we're going to change companies. It's perfect time to do it. So. As company needs on that one. And you guys are still communicating well and probably oh, yeah. share we, ideas we live and like, all that stuff. We live like six minutes from each other. We both went to the same company. We actually bought kind of generic open house signs for the company <laughs> just so we could share them. Like, hey, let's just split the cost. Like, we don't yeah. need that many. Like, let's just get a couple of signs and we'll kind of coordinate, like, you're having one this weekend you have the signs i'll schedule one for next weekend yeah you know like we, that's we cool together. and she went to the same brokerage yeah she went to the same brokerage awesome yeah so we can and i was um, going to ask you about the the brokers because you're seeing more and more of these i'm gonna call them e-brokers or i i brokers um popping up where there's no physical office it's all online uh more like the nationally known or i guess they do have individual state ones but um i was always curious to see what services they offer, how they operate, because that's the one, the one brokerage sec that I did not interview into. I, I went to the big box. I went to the little boutiques. I didn't go to that, that electronic broker type feel. I think um, and maybe it was because I was early on and I was like, I want that physical support. Maybe I don't want the big broker, like the big box, but like even at a boutique, you get, you can call your broker up on the phone or you can email the other agents and they'll give you support. Um, but what are you finding? Because you've done both, I guess. Yeah, you've I was in a, a physical I was location, a, a franchise uh, for nine yeah. years. And, you know, I can uh, say, you know, they had a lot of tools and stuff, design centers and stuff like that. Was not a fan of it. It was just okay. kind of clunky, hard to use. I prefer to use Canva just because Canva is so much easier. You're speaking Natasha's language right now. <laughs> I'm probably in Canva like every other day, if you either for real estate stuff or for my podcast or creating stuff, like 
all my marketing guides, everything, they're all in there kind of as a template. All I got to do is make little tweaks and then, you know, download as a PDF again. Yep. Here's an updated version. Quick, yep. quick and simple. Right. And then it's my design. And I, I did take some inspiration from some of their stuff, you know, kind of use it to you have to set my template a little bit, but uh, you know, the broker that I had was like an office mom to us. She was wonderful. Still have a great relationship with her. Um, she's actually on the board of directors with me. So, you know, she's, there's one guy between us, but she could reach out and smack me in the back of the head if she wanted to. <laughs> and she probably would. Um, but we just got that really, that kind of relationship. She's just a wonderful person. So it made it kind of hard, but it was, it was just time. I needed, needed that change. And, you know, she was always there for me, but that was one of my concerns too, was like, you know, who, who do you call? Like how fast do you get answers? And so that was kind of nerve wracking to figure out some of those other things. But I'll tell you, Fathom has, it's kind of a knockoff of Canva in some ways. It's a little clunkier to use, but they've got like a design suite. You can buy all your t-shirts and hats and all that kind of stuff there too. And um, as for a managing broker, my designated managing broker is in Ottawa, Illinois. So she's about halfway between here and Chicago, but she knows and understands the Chicago market, which is totally different than ours. But she also knows and understands because they use attorneys. We don't use attorneys down here very frequently. I was going to ask you about that. So, so yeah, we're so gonna... like they're very infrequently used. 98% of transactions don't have an attorney involved uh, other than, you know, the attorney doing the title work. Uh, but in Chicago, it's, you know, five-day attorney reviews. Like attorneys are involved in everything up there. So she knows and understands both. And she's been responsive. You know, I get an answer to just about anything that I can text her with. I'll get an answer within a few hours. You know, because that was one of my concerns joining down here. I'm like, am I going to have somebody in Chicago or down by St. Louis that doesn't know anything about my market or how we do things, or are they going to be unresponsive? Um, but so far, Gina has been great um, because it's all digital brokerage. Everything's in this backdoor portal. So they've got almost like a Wikipedia kind of thing. You can type in whatever phrase you want. It'll pop up any kind of article matching those keywords. You can find all kinds of information about it. That's nice. Uh, they got Facebook groups, local Facebook groups, statewide ones. Um, they've got different, uh, they've got a Hispanic division. They've got, they just rolled out a veteran division, which I signed up for earlier this week. I don't know exactly what, what is there too. They've got opportunities to serve on different committees, technology committees and stuff like that. So it's connected, but it's all digital mm -hmm. awesome. meetings via zoom and stuff like that. So I still feel kind of connected. I've met digitally a handful of other brokers up in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't met most of them in person. A couple of them I've served on the state pro standards committee with. So I, I know of them, but I I've never, you know, went up and talked to them in person, but I will at the next, next, uh, next meetings we have or something. But so, yeah, there was, there was a lot of that, like, well, where do you turn in your paperwork? Like, how do you get paid? Like, how does all this work? And, you know, it's quite simple. You just basically like a mobile deposit of your, of a check, you basically do that to upload it to their system and then they pay you. And then they, you can either print off a check and print it or mobile deposit it. Like it's, it's that That's simple. Awesome. seems like the so, process is pretty then, easy to get. Yeah. So with. far it seems really easy. They've got their own CRM and, and management system where you got to plug all your documents in. It's, it's, I jumped to the company about two weeks before mom did. And she, cause she was kind of nervous about the technology. And as soon as I got access to it, I said, you'll be fine. Yeah. This is as easy of, of click and upload <laughs> as you can possibly do. Yeah. Like it, they, they kept it simple. 
So, so far, everything's great. That's got, great. You and know, you tech support, you can call an email. Is the CRM more of a lead generation thing or is it more managing your, your business? Uh, yeah, so they've got the, like the website through them, the, the typical CRM features. Uh, they've got a couple of other tools in there that I'm still trying to figure out how to incorporate because I've only been there for, I guess, about two months now. So still trying to figure all that out. But uh, yeah, there's there's some lead generation stuff in there. You can uh, text message to your clients. You can email your clients through it. Um, I think there's some QR code things in there that you can do. They've got single property websites uh, that are almost like click and drop to set up. It's ridiculously simple. For a tech savvy guy like me, it's like, I, I did the I did the, the one hour trainings. Half of them, I stopped halfway through. I was like, <laughs> this is so basic to me. <laughs> like, I was like, I already explored through it and figured out all this stuff just by looking at yeah. it. So I was like, you know, easy, got it. Yeah. I remember I worked in customer service and we had a month long training. And I, I, to this day, I think the worst thing they could have done was tell me like, you're in a vacuum right now, no matter what button you push, it's the system that we use on the floor, but in here, you're not hooked up to anything. So you can make orders, you can cancel orders. They're all fake. And then they put on a video and I was like, I'm, I do better with doing. So I was just sitting there clicking through the system, clicking random buttons to find out where it, where it did. And by like halfway through the video, I'd gone through the whole system, didn't completely understand it, but like I made sure I clicked every button to see where it brought me and what, what uh, communicated to each other. Yeah. But I got it's, more value out of that than the video tutorials that they were putting out. Yeah. It sounds like you're just like me, more, more of a hands-on learner. Like just yeah. let me kind of play around with it. Let me just look through here. You know, sorry if I messed something up, but you know, <laughs> right? like, like I can get so much more by just figuring it out. But yeah. then again, you know, at my age and being tech savvy, it's easy. It's that called being bullheaded though. <laughs> I feel like that's me. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, you know, from, for a training perspective, it's, you got to make it well-rounded for right. everybody. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another thing. It's an, that's an aspect of this business that I'm starting to crack into. I got my CE educator's license a couple of years ago, just, okay. just submitted a couple of courses to my local association just a few weeks ago. Um, so I haven't taught anything yet, but that's, that's on the radar. I'll probably be teaching some classes that's this cool. fall, but that's one thing I learned going through that process was like, okay, how do, how does the student interact with this? <laughs> like, you know, you look at our membership, at least in Illinois, you can, you can get your real estate license at 18 here. So we have members probably 18, 19 years old, all the way up to, I know a few that are in their early nineties and still practicing. Wow. That is a wide range in, in just our association of yeah. tech savviness. <laughs> yep. You know, some people, I know, I know our association staff very well and they still get phone calls from people that they can't figure out why their printer isn't working. Oh my gosh. Like, that's I'm not sure the they're loving the job. Century Lock. Oh God. Well, you know what? When Century Lock <laughs> came out with, with getting rid of the card here, what was that March 1st that came out? Whatever that yeah. happened. Oh, for, I think for three or four months, we were getting updates on our board of directors about, yeah, well, we're getting more complaints. You know, people like think the world is going to just like yeah. internally combust. In Century yeah. Lock, for the, the viewers who aren't familiar, everybody knows those black lock boxes that have like the four spin dials. You put in the right code, it pops open, you take the key out. 
Sentry lock now communicates with your phone. So when you go to the door as an agent, you hit your your app. It it like awakens this uh, this Bluetooth lockbox. You put in your own specific code as you as an agent, and it opens up for it. So there is some tech involved, but still a pretty easy process. And the reason they went to it was because everything is timestamped. They know what agent is opening the door. They know when the agent left and locked the lockbox. Like all of that gets brought back to the associations. They know, and it's it's very safe and secure. I was going to say, I think it's even safer for the real estate agents now too. So somebody knows where they are at all times. There's there's safety features in it. So when you open the lockbox, because obviously there's you've heard the horror stories of agents meeting new clients that they yep. they haven't heard heard or seen before, reached out, wanted to see a house, and then something goes wrong. Yep. They've got like security features. So if I don't turn it off after a minute, it'll automatically alert police. That's really cool. That something is wrong. So like for me, all of it was great. Like that just seems so much more efficient, but there's always going to be those few that are like, I'm not going to change. This is how it's been doing for years. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the problem we had here was the actual card. So we still have some of the, I guess there's three generations of the central lock. You got like a like a blue case that has the card insert. Yep. And then you got the tannish one that's Bluetooth. And then there's another generation that's, I guess, just about ready to roll out, whatever, whatever that entails. So we still have a lot of the blue ones in our market. And you know, central lock came out and said, Hey, we're gonna get rid of these cards. And and people still had the, the chip readers on their desk. And in our area, it was update every day. If it wasn't updated in the last 24 hours, you couldn't use your card. So I'm like, oh, my God. When they, came out with the app, when they came out with the app, I immediately jumped to it. I was like, because I hated having to remember to plug in my card. Yeah. Sure, you could call the number on the back and, and you could have them do it. But you'd have to do it at the house. Like, oh, crap, I forgot to, you know, let me get on my phone and make yep. a phone call and have them update through the web, whatever. So yeah, they were losing their minds. Like how are we supposed to wake these, these up? You know, and we keep telling people like, you know, you could just stick your business card up there, like, or, or your debit card, credit card, whatever, just stick it up there and it'll wake up those boxes. Yeah. Because sometimes if they sit for a while, they just kind of, the batteries don't go dead. The batteries are good for like five years, but yeah. You know, they just kind of go into a deep sleep, if you will. And it's just, just stick that up there or push the buttons and it'll wake it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad I never saw the first version because as soon as I got my lockbox with the little receiver and the card, the receiver and the card sat on my desk. I've never touched that. Like I am just on the box, just on the app. That yeah, card, I use those, if I had to use it, was going to be a pain. I think I used the card for a good three or three years or three or four years before the before the app came out and it was widely used, but I immediately jumped to it. Yeah. You know, and, and in our area, we got a lot of rural areas. So that was another concern of like, okay, well, how, how are we supposed to get access to these lock boxes when we may not have cell phone signal? Oh, yeah. And, and a central locks like, well, if you open up the app when you have service and you don't fully close that app out in your phone, it will automatically download like, whatever it needs to be able to access any box. And then it will do oh, I didn't know that. Bluetooth and stuff like that. Yeah. So as, as long as you do it in an area where you have cell phone service. So they're like, well, worst case, drive a few minutes until you get some cell phone service, pull up the app and then go back to the house if you have to, you know, or open it up and just leave your app open in your phone all day. 
Yeah. Just don't, you know, do the close all apps. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I did not there's know ways, about that. And there's I ways think around not it. run into that situation yet. Yeah. I mean, we got, we have areas around here where, you know, I have Verizon and Verizon covers most areas, but there are some little pockets where you get down into a valley, cell phone service is just gone. It just right. doesn't reach there. So, you know, if you get the luck of the draw and end up showing a house in one of those areas, but you know, we only have like 750 to 800 agents here. So most people pretty much know what those are. And they know if like, if they can't access the lockbox to pair it to that house while they're at the house, most of the time they're just putting a combo lockbox on it anyway. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, you know what, if I'm having a problem, put the lockbox on the property as a listing agent that every buyer's agent is going to be calling me. So I might as well just put a combo on it and yeah. call it a day. The combos, the analog will never leave. They'll always be around. I still have like 30 of them. I've got uh, a good 10 to 15 or so in my, off, in my closet. <laughs> yeah, though they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, the only ones I don't like the analog one, and this is, I don't know if this is a security threat that I'm releasing here, but you know those little square ones that you can mount to the door that it's the combo and then the whole face comes off? Mm-hmm, yep. Have you oh, seen those? Yes, I have. It, it rings a bell, but I don't think I've. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's one like recently. one through five on the on the left, and then six through ten on the right, or six through zero on the right. The code, the code that you enter in does not need to be the code. You just need those four numbers. So the combinations to open that go way down. So if my combination was one two three four, I could open that lockbox with four three two one. Does that make sense? Or gotcha. three, four, two, one. Like it doesn't matter the series that I enter them. As long as I have the numbers, it'll open. And I was like, well, I don't like that. That's not secure at all. That's definitely where the power of central lock or, or other, you know, high tech solutions come in. But if you got to use a combo, yeah. And, and one thing I always hate about those two, um, you know, if something comes off, what do you do with it? Like right. you stick it in your pocket, you, you set it on the porch. Right. Like it's convenient when the door just opens and it's a hinge. You don't have to worry about, you know, you just put the key in the door and it's there. Like you can't yep. lose it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, last thing, because we're coming on like 10 minutes and I wanted to touch on this because you're an agent in Illinois. So unfortunately you get this question. One thing that we've always heard is Illinois. The big difference is that the agents uh, have attorneys either draft or read the contracts before everything is final you're saying that's just in the chicago area uh not just chicago chicago you know has like a five-day attorney review period and and i think it just depends on what part of the city what exactly that they do there uh but they are heavily involved i know bloomington to our east has attorneys champagne does but most of the southern tip of of illinois and around st louis and, and kind of here in our area we don't really use attorneys very frequently. Um, our, our association, we have a contracts committee that meets every month. They take recommendations and, and stuff. And then they sit down as a committee and say, all right, are we having problems with X, Y, or Z? If we are, what could we change this contract to say to be better for the consumer? And they kind of hammer that out. And then at one or two points in the year, they'll go to the bring in a couple of attorneys from the real estate subcommittee of our local bar association. They'll bring them into the room and they'll say, okay, here's the changes we want to do this year to the, to our local contracts. And then they'll look at them and, you know, okay, this makes sense. or that makes no sense, whatever. They'll put their little twists on them. Let's take them back to the committee, 
but eventually it ends up to that subcommittee, the bar association, and then the full local bar association will vote on the, to approve those or not. And then once they're approved by them, we put them in the circulation and all the agents use them. Okay. So, I mean, I do, I always recommend to my clients, like, you know, Hey, if you want an attorney, like get one, <laughs> you know, yeah. it is in your best interest to have one to right. at least, at least review the contract if you want it. But I, I always do that, that, that same speech to, to buyers. Like, look, this is why we don't typically use attorneys here. They have been looked over. They've got this full stamp of approval from the, the County Bar Association. All the attorneys here in our tri-county area are all familiar with them. They're all, they're all good with them, you know, because they're looked at, they're changed, they're changed pretty much every year. There's yeah. a couple things here, a couple things there. So that's and uh, those changes that's how come from the, the county committees, not uh, like the, the state. We have the WRA. So the uh, the committee of agents is within our, our MLS or our, our association, I should say. Yeah. Um, about 20 agents or so sit at the table. Then it goes to a subcommittee of attorneys from the Peoria. I don't know if it, I think it's Peoria County or Peoria County area bar association. Okay. So they've got like three or four different attorneys that we bring in the room. And we say, you know, go line by line. Like, here's a change that we want to do. What do you think? Sometimes they're like, you know what? Let's just change one little word. <laughs> Sometimes they're like, this is stupid. This is not good. You know, they know because they're real estate attorneys. The full bar association is all types of attorneys. So they lean heavily on that, that subcommittee. You know, so they're like, you know, this, this doesn't work or this is wonderful. This is great. We love this, whatever, whatever their feedback is. And so it's kind of a living, breathing document that gets changed once a year, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of conversation. I, I was, in, I was on that uh, committee as the chair, I think three years ago. And there's a lot of work that goes into making those changes. There's a lot of thought process around it. Our contracts committee is probably the hardest committee to get on. Uh, and we try to have a good mix of experienced and, and newer agents on there for multiple perspectives. So we're usually pretty, pretty darn happy with the results that we get. Sometimes the yeah. attorneys fire some things back that is like, ah, okay, all right. You are the attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> we think it sounds great, but you know what? It's got, it does have to stand up in law. So that's why we, that's why they're involved. That's super cool. And just for your knowledge to be, to be in the thick of like creating the document and the edits, like, you know, what's coming up down the line before everybody else gets to know <clears throat> one, you get the sneak peek there. And then two, you get the background and the reference of why this is being yes. put in. And, and that that's was, a uh... huge thing, which is why like early on in the show, you were talking about how people were coming to you asking questions. Mm -hmm. And you have, I mean, you're in, you're in the thick of it. You get to see all the whys and the who's and the what's. That was a perfect example because once those roll out, we, we have a training session available in person or zoom to all of our members, you know, and then people will come up and be like, you know what? I really love that change. You know, what, what spurred that? Or I don't know about this. You know, what, what was the conversation around that? Like, why did you guys do that? Yeah. You know? And so it's like, if you're sitting at the table, you know, and understand what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I was going to ask you, how did you get started on all of the, the committees and the boards? And what was your first step into that? Because for all new agents, I don't know if new agents would be a good fit for maybe a board, but for those people to reach out to, like learn from those people. Yeah, so 
2013, I got my license and I think it was like midsummer that they came out with committee signups, you know, and, and I think I had a conversation with mom about it, but I also knew that I was, I was a rookie agent, right? What's the best way to catch up is knowledge. Yeah. The only way you're going to catch up with experienced people is knowledge. And how do you get that? You either read and learn, or you sit in the same room with people that are smarter than you. Yep. So I signed up for Young Professionals Network that we had active at that time. Uh, that next year, I signed up for Young Professionals, Fair Housing, and Contracts and Forms, and was lucky enough to get on contracts that year. And I stayed on that for, I think, six years. After a couple of years of being consistent on there, they were like, hey, you want to be vice chair? You know, then go up in the chair position, and then, you know, the immediate past chair. So I went through that. Um you know, ever since I've, I've literally served on everything. I've also been on governmental affairs, on and off governmental affairs. I'm the vice chair of fair housing this year. I'm the vice chair of our public awareness committee. I've been on a handful of different task forces. There's a long list. And you know what? And a lot of people are like, well, how do you do that? You know what? It's an hour meeting. Like, it's not that long. You know, I, I choose two or three a year, a couple of hours, like an hour a week is what it usually comes out to. About two hours. Okay drive, drive there and drive back. It's like two hours round trip. It's like, okay, I listen to a podcast when I'm driving there. I listen, you know, go to my meeting. I listen to a podcast coming back, which I love podcasts as yep. a podcaster myself. So like, you know, Hey, it's, it's a win-win. It, it squeezes that into my schedule somewhere. Yep. But I'm like, you know what? Two hours, two hours a week. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's nothing, you know, and in the board of directors, I mean, that's one meeting a month, you know, and, and I got on that somehow. I don't know how that actually happened. It was a couple of years in, like I just got a phone call one day and like, you've been nominated for the board of directors. We come in an interview. So I go into this interview thinking it's going to be one or two people. No, it's like 10 past presidents and, and the association. Exec. And I'm like, uh, okay. I did not expect it. How many years in were you at that point? Uh, three. Okay. Three or four, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this must, yeah, it's my sixth year. So yeah, I guess it was, yeah. Right there on that three year mark. So wow. I'd only been serving on committees for a couple of years. You know, I'm like, well, what have I done other than consistently show up? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was <laughs> enough to get nominated or not, but uh, I'm, I'm glad and grateful, you know, that I've had that opportunity. So. Yeah, that's a, it, not a lot of people have those experiences. A lot of people are so inundated with working and I'll call it in the business on their stuff um, rather than going and taking the next the next leap and in going into those groups and the boards and yeah, um, getting yeah. all the background information on that. I that mean, that sales are important, right? I mean, we all got to feed our family, but what, what that looks like for everybody is different. Uh, everybody takes different paths. And I realized one of my passions in life is that I want to, I want to teach people. And so probably learned that when I was pursuing my bachelor's degree, but I'm like, I'm gonna get my CE educator's license. I'm yeah. going to write some courses. Uh, our instructors, they're getting older. They're close to retirement. Some of them have told me what their timeframes are. So it just made perfect sense. We write some courses, get my feet wet, see what I can do with this, you know, because we need to raise the professionalism and raise the education in this industry. So we yeah. can all serve our clients better. So, you know, like, you know, between that and serving on the board and, you know, and, and, and selling, you know, there's lots of different ways you can take things. There's yeah. no one size fits all. Yep. So is your, is your team coming down the horizon? You said you like teaching. Oh, when the time's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
when the time's right and it got, and it got the right person, you know, right people to bring along. Yeah. Then I'll consider to do that. So. Cause there'd be another, another outlet for you to teach those young aspiring agents getting in. I mean, with the background you have, I just feel like it would be like a great fit because you can now get all those new people in and just inundate them with the education that you have. Obviously like um, I read a book and it talked about, it was more parenting. How are you? The young, inspiring real estate agent right there. Yeah, right. He, he would be good. Um, they, they talked about how uh, it was in the parenting reference, but the parents come through and they did one, two, and three, and then they want to come in and have their kid take off at four. So their kid does four, five, and six. And they're like, well, you can't really miss the one, two, three, because there's a whole bunch of learning that goes in that. And I feel like with, with how you speak about it and the knowledge you have, you'd be able to not move them past the one, two, three, but get them through one, two, three quickly so that they can get on to four, five, six, and then excel in their, their career. I certainly hope so. Not to push you into the team yeah. thing, but <laughs> I just know it's out there. Yeah, it's definitely something on the radar. Like I said, whenever the time is right, you know, whenever, you know, and, and I, I'm a firm believer on, you know, making sure that you've got a well-oiled machine when it comes to a team too. So it's yeah. got to be personality fit. It's got to be yeah. somebody that I could feel you could just turn the reins over to and be like, here, you got the skills now, you got the education, go do. Yeah. Go do your thing. Yeah. You know, and for somebody who, who has a hard time delegating sometimes, <laughs> that's a hard thing. So, you know, so it's really got to build some trust in that sometimes. But uh, yeah, you know, the right person comes along at the right time. I will definitely have a team. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think Marcus is frozen. Yeah. I was frozen there for a second. I heard it's tough to delegate and I was fully agreeing, but that is a terrible, terrible problem to have because I have the same one. So sorry about yep. the tech issue on that That's one. That's all right. Can't help that. That's joys of technology. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I am super blown away with, I mean, your career is still young, still very young, but what you've gotten through and where you've gone has been, I mean, leaps and bounds above the other people that have been in for six years. So kudos to you on, on building that really strong base. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing where this all takes you in the next, I mean, you said your mom was in it for 30 She's what? 30? Uh, yeah, 34 years now. Okay. So the next, what, 28 for you? 20, 25 for me to catch up to her. I've been doing this nine years now. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Forgot about the early, the early ons. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting little, uh, I'll call it an up, an upswing because you're still growing. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of years left. <laughs> there's been a lot of growing over nine years. I can only imagine how much more growing over 25. So yeah. I'm excited. Do you have you done any projections? Like where do you want to be? Not in 25, but in five, or do you just take it day to day by day, month to month? You no, know, I I, I kind of set annual goals and you know stuff like that, but no, I don't really set projections. I just uh, take it one day at a time and just try to have, take some sort of imperfect action to uh, to just grow myself personally, professionally every day. Yeah. I mean, you get where you need to go. 
Yeah. As long as you have well, keep it up because you're making the right time. choices here. <laughs> I try. From what it sounds like, you're spot on. So kudos. Yeah. Well, thanks for having uh, me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. And the next time we have you on, I'm looking forward to seeing what what board you're the chair of or <laughs> how yeah. big your team is. I'm sure there'll be some updates. That's there will be. I, yeah. I know there will be. I know there will be. Well, thank you so but, much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming on. That was awesome. Um, education. That's like the key to what you're, you're seeking and in, in saying. And I mean, that's why we have this podcast out. I know that you came from like the real estate background, but we've had guests that have not. Um, and obviously your background has helped you put you where you are, but there are some people that don't have the background that could still get to the positions like you're seeking and you're, you're aspiring to get to. So um, thank you for sharing all that. That was, I'm sure that was big for some, some listeners and I soaked it all in because now I'm going to go back and see where I can get onto some boards because that seems super fun. Yeah, you definitely should to volunteer for something. You know, yeah. you never know what kind of insight, connections, networking. You know, like I said, we, we have 750, 800 agents here. So we all know each other fairly well. Yeah. You know, so we, we have to work with, with each other. You know, if you're up in Chicago or something, they got like 30,000 people up there. Like, yep. <laughs> you may never have a transaction with that person again. Right. Um, but we bump into each other a lot around here. So it's important to all these committees and stuff. You just get to know people on a yeah. different level. Mm-hmm. And it really does help in your business. Yeah. Negotiating and communicating with people. And I would think like with the small agent size, it kind of sets you above other people having all of that background like you can put that on your resume and say like i've i've done x y and z where the others may not have so you've got that that upper upper edge on i got a few of those things like on a little resume thing i don't know yeah it, it definitely helps with experience at least definitely I've seen a lot of things <laughs> definitely well i'm uh, i'm anticipating where the the knowledge is going to grow when we have you on next so keep pushing and, and we'll get you on again. We'll All talk right. soon. Sounds good. All right. Enjoy Appreciate your weekend. You yep. Bye.